0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Welcome to the Ten Twelve, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big Twelve Conference. I'm your host, as always, Philip Slavin, and As with every Thursday, we are here to make picks for the weekend in the Big 12 and, of course, a few games from around the country as well. Joining me, as they always do, my good friends, Chris, the OG Ross, who currently has a a new child screaming in the background.
0: Yes, yes. We brought her home uh, last Thursday, so it's a week tomorrow.
1: So this is like the one episode where I'm not at home, so my child won't be screaming in the background Chris is picking up the slack and has provided the uh, crying baby audio for the background. Appreciate that, Chris. Always nice to keep things consistent here on the show. Also joining us, Daniel Alexander of Grinders with Blinders, our pro picker. Uh, Daniel, how are you doing, bud?
2: Doing great. Uh, Finally, back in the win column here for the pod. I also want to give a little special shout out. I was able to uh, hit Circa Sportsbook, brand new, opened. Uh man, this thing is a mecca. It's absolutely beautiful in downtown Vegas. I got to protect the identity of uh, my buddy. He's a pro better. We'll just we'll just call him Ed. He and I took in the Jets game. A no sweat Jets cover. But uh, just wanted to let any listener know, mecca. Uh, excuse me, Circa. Absolutely the place to be right now uh, if you want to bet sports and catch a game. Circa Sportsbook, Las Vegas. That sounds awesome.
1: Okay, so to recap last week, Daniel. Winning ways indeed, four and two week. Hit on the over sixty-three in Oklahoma. Kansas hit on Kansas State plus twelve and a half. Hit on on Baylor plus fourteen and hit on Cincinnati minus thirteen and a half. Only misses were uh Texas Tech plus nine and a half and Texas minus six and a half. He was right on Baylor. Just let's just pause for a second. Literally like part of the headline of last week's picks episode was don't pick Baylor. Uh and while <laughs> Chris and I were accurate and like Baylor wasn't gonna win. Daniel hit plus fourteen on Baylor. Bravo, sir. Props to you. Have to admit, when we were just just wrong, so we gave you a lot of crap on that, but you were correct. So props to you, sir.
2: Hey, they made me sweat. They had that 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 botched punt late in the game. I think it was late third quarter or something like that. Uh, uh, and I just thought, oh my gosh, this thing's going to slip away. And then look, you get lucky sometimes. Uh, was it that fourth down, a fifty-eight yard, you know, uh, touchdown yeah. on fourth down or something like that? Just I don't want to say it sealed it for me, but because in a game like that, it's never over till it's over. But I thought, oh, crap, we're within seven. I think there's maybe one possession left. Just, you know, nothing ugly, please. I'll take Crazy. it, though. I'll take the W. Baylor all day, baby. <laughs>
1: uh, Chris went three and three last week. Hit on uh, West Virginia, plus six and a half. Hit on Oklahoma, minus 37. Hit on TCU, minus eight and a half. Missed on Oklahoma State, minus 12 and a half. Missed on Iowa State minus fourteen, and missed on Coastal Carolina minus eighteen. CC got the win and continues their uh, their unbeaten season, but uh, did not cover that spread. Uh, I was the big loser of last week. Two and four hit on the over sixty three in Oklahoma, Kansas, Kansas overs every day, night, and Tuesdays, uh, and uh, hit on Arkansas plus two and a half. Arkansas got that win. I thought they would. Tennessee's not very good. Uh, missed <laughs> on everything else. I don't they we need to recap all of them. That brings our standings to. Daniel's kind of back in the league at nineteen, twenty-two and two, Chris at nineteen and twenty-four, and then I am at seventeen and twenty six. So we are all very close. None of us above five hundred at this point. Uh, but we're all very close, very neck and neck. Not sure how much much anyone's really gonna do this week with just two Big Twelve games and of course our non Big Twelve. Uh but any opportunity to try and uh, for me either make up ground or for you two to uh try and battle us out. We'll, uh, we'll see what we can do.
2: If you don't mind, I just want, I just want to jump in and talk bad beats here on that coastal Carolina. Uh, They were trying they were trying in vain to score at the end of that game. I don't know if you saw it, but some bless his heart, some kid on South Alabama just made a tackle at the two yard line on the last play of the game to stop coastal from covering that 18. So the game ended on seventeen. Coastal Carolina backers who got in there at that 17, 18, 19 number, that was a bad beat in my opinion. I couldn't believe that kid with the tackle at the two-yard line.
0: Yeah, I think I took that at 18, so, uh, yeah, that was a
2: bit rough. Uh, You know, you hit – and I hit on the first three games, so that was – I just saw the last three games slip away. Ended up 500. That was a bad one. That was a really bad one. That South Alabama kid, shame on him not letting you cover. (laughs) Sorry to cut you off, Philip. I just had to throw that one out there. That one was razor thin on that, so.
1: Man, that's how this is sometimes, though. It's just You just never know.
2: Of course. Like,
1: you just don't. You can get close, but sometimes it just slips away from you right there at the end. Okay. Before we get to our picks, we're going to talk a little college basketball today. Obviously, the season is... Two weeks away, November 25th, is when games can officially start to happen for college basketball. It's it's here. It's take a little bit longer to get here than normal, but that's okay. It's going to happen. I know that there are already some teams who have had to pause things through coronavirus. Look, just like football, we're going to have games that get canceled, delayed, so on and so forth. But we do have schedules. We have, most importantly, non-conference schedules, which is why I'm very excited to have Connor Hope of the Hope and Ralph podcast joining us today to help break down some of these non-conference matchups you're going to want to know about and keep an eye on. Uh, Connor, welcome to the Ten Twelve, man.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me. It, um, I've heard a lot about it from Brian, uh, and I'm excited that I can join.
1: Yeah, uh, we we got tired of Brian. We were like, let's bring someone else on. <laughs> we love Brian. Brian is great. We got to mix things up a little bit, so we just <laughs> reached out to his uh, his co host, uh, other half. I don't want to say better half. Lesser
3: lesser half would probably be more accurate on that one. Uh,
1: we'll we'll see. <laughs> we'll we'll hold that judgment till after we're done here. Uh, okay, so I, I want to start with uh, look. Like, uh, one of the things I've really noticed as John Rothstein, who I literally have said all the notifications for because i want to know he just tweets out games coming left right sideways and of course uh joker quotes from from dark knight um but baylor's non-conference schedule like most teams aren't going to play more than like six maybe seven non-conference games it doesn't seem like it part of it's just the struggle of getting games scheduled um but despite having probably seven non-conference games baylor has literally just like let's just schedule everybody that's good So I want to run down this, and I want to want to go over it with you. So they're starting with the Empire Classic and and Mohegan Sun, where all these other the big Mohegan Sun bubble. So they have number eighteen Arizona State will likely face number three Villanova in the second round. They get a road game at Seton Hall. They're facing number eight Illinois in the Jimmy V Classic. They get number one Gonzaga in Indianapolis as well. Uh, And then of course you get the the Big Twelve SEC Challenge down in in January, and they're gonna they're gonna face off with Auburn. I mean. You already have to go through the Big Twelve Conference, which is one of the best conferences in college basketball. This isn't just like challenging themselves. This is ridiculous. Like this is a crazy schedule of just can't miss matchups. But what what do you think about this whole non-conference schedule the Baylor's put together? And what have you heard as far as like what, why why challenge themselves way beyond what really is even probably necessary this year? Yeah, I mean,
3: part part of it is. Is that with the limited games uh, and, and limited schedules, scheduling really tough um, gives you, I guess, more leeway to lose some games, especially in what is probably the best top to bottom conference in the country. There are no games off in the Big 12 this year, um, as there is in most other conferences, if not every other conference. There's at least one, one or two games that you have that's kind of a game off. Um, the Big 12 is not that way. Uh, And scheduling this difficult for Baylor puts them in a really good position where, even if they lose, you know, three to four to five games, they have enough strength in this schedule to be a number one seed uh, pretty easily. Uh, And and even if they were to lose the conference to Kansas, um, it would put them and Kansas in a position to take two of the one seeds uh, out of the Big 12. The uh when Auburn is your worst kind of marquee or, or high major um <laughs> non-conference game, that is that is a really tough schedule because because Auburn's gonna finish probably middle of the SEC, um, seventh or eighth in the SEC, uh, is, is where Brian and I had them. And that's still a, a top 50 team or a top top 50, top 60 team. So um they have a, a lot of really Matchups. They want to prove it. Uh, I know that people are looking at this Baylor team, saying that you know they they kind of lost it down the stretch last year. Um, they bring everyone but Freddie Gillespie back, um, and, and they're looking to prove that they not only deserves the number one votes that they got in, in the preseason AP poll, but also that they are what they think is the best team in the country, um, and. and Beating an Arizona State, um, beating a, a Villanova, beating a Gonzaga, um, beating in Illinois, that's going to go a long way. Um, forget about games against Kansas and West Virginia and Texas Tech. Just, just those games are going to go a long way in, in kind of setting the bar and setting the expectations for how good this Baylor team really is.
1: Yeah, Ken Palm preseason has Auburn at number 66. It's still a top 100, like top 75 game. And that's their worst like non-by game. Is what I guess we should we should refer to it. That's it's insane. Now look, Kansas is uh, is not going to sit by and watch uh, Baylor outdo them. So they have uh, they literally have to open the season against Gonzaga. By the way, if you if you just for fun, if you're just someone who just has some free time, go look up Gonzaga's non-conference schedule and also add Tennessee to it because it's just stupid. Um, Gonzaga, Saint Joseph, uh, Kentucky. On December first, State Farm Champions Classic, they have Creighton, who I believe is projected to be the uh, the, the winner of the Big East in that Big Twelve Big East battle. Uh, and for the Big Twelve SEC matchup, they get Tennessee. I would argue, similar to the uh, Baylor situation, Tennessee maybe the uh, weakest of their marquee non conference games of a loaded non conference game schedule as well.
3: I- I'm really high on Tennessee. I think Tennessee is probably better than Kentucky, especially early in the season. Um, Tennessee brings a lot back. Um, They, they, they have experience. This Kentucky team is relying on a lot of newcomers, both freshmen and transfers. And, and so I think at the time where they play uh, a Kentucky earlier in the season, Kentucky, you know, that win is going to get better or, loss, uh, if it happens, um, is going to get better as the season goes on. Um, by the time they face Tennessee later in the season, uh, not only will Tennessee be what Tennessee is, but they'll also have had, you know, a month or two uh, to to allow uh, some of their their younger players to to, to improve. Um, I'm a Gonzaga fan, I'm a Gonzaga guy, so so I know how tough Gonzaga schedules. Uh, and and having that game against Kansas on opening night, is putting together two of the top five to seven teams in the country right away in in a season where you have shortened uh, kind of preseason practice schedules. Um, It's going to be fun to see how these two teams that are a combination of of talented freshmen and and top returning players um, fit together uh, it, it'll be a way to see whether Gonzaga really is deserving of the number one uh, spot in the AP poll. Um, whether we should be looking at Kansas a little bit closer. Uh, I know Kansas has the talent to be a top three to five team, but um, there are there are question marks there, and and so I think that's why they ended up kind of in that. I think they were sixth in the AP in the AP poll uh, for preseason. So um, again, another really tough. I mean, Baylor and Kansas went out of their way to schedule really tough matchups uh, for two teams that are in a conference that's full of them. So um, I think, and, and and to your point, Nova is the clear favorite in the Big East. Creighton is another team that uh, they're 11th right now. I have them in my top 10. Uh, I think Creighton is a is a really good basketball team, and and they have... A, a preseason all American in Marcus Zagorowski on that roster. So so there that matchup between Zagorowski uh and Garrett is going to be um one of the best kind of one on one point guard matchups that we get
1: all year. Yeah, look at these early season games, there's I know scheduling has been weird. But there's not going to be a shortage of, of marquee matchups thanks to you know Baylor, Gonzaga, and Kansas in the way they've been scheduling. I, 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 as a fan of college basketball, uh, thank you to the three of you for doing – for sacrificing yourselves for the greater good for all of us. I think we all kind of – like as soon as that Gonzaga-Baylor game was announced, I was like, you know what? We deserve this after everything we've gone through this year. We deserve a game like this. Um so I want to set the the Big Twelve SEC and the Big Twelve Big East matches aside because those aren't really up to the schools and uh, and just talk about you know no one else has really scheduled the way Baylor and Kansas has and that's fine I wouldn't I wouldn't begin to expect those kinds of things from other programs but are there some other matchups in the big in non conference in, in the Big Twelve this season from other teams that you are worth keeping an eye on worth noting and, and, and kind of writing down in your calendar um, I think it depends.
3: Uh, Texas uh, playing in the the Maui Invitational in Asheville, North Carolina, um, is is going to be interesting because if they beat Davidson, then they'll or if they lose, they'll get Indiana or Providence, uh, which is you know both of those teams are probably in that second tier in their conferences. The the Indiana I think I had sixth, uh, Providence I had in the four to five range uh, in the Big East. Um, And they have the possibility of playing North Carolina uh, or a Stanford, which are two teams that are, you know, North Carolina is in the top 25. Stanford is right there. Um, Really good basketball teams. Uh, So, you know, you just, Texas really just has to win that first game against Davidson. And then they get two really good matchups, most likely uh, in that Maui Invitational. I think they probably have the strongest uh, if we're including the Big East in the, in the SEC, I think they definitely have the strongest non-conference schedule. But outside of that, just being in that tournament, uh, one of the the kind of few uh, early tournaments remaining, um, is going to do wonders for Texas's strength of schedule uh, moving forward. The other matchup that I think is is fantastic is that Houston Texas Tech uh, matchup in Fort Worth. Um, both of these teams have a lot of question marks. Um, I know I personally think Houston is probably in the right spot. Texas Tech is only ranked three spots ahead of them uh, right now in the AP poll. Um, Texas Tech comes in with a lot of question marks, and that Houston game is going to serve as a really good way to level set whether we are a little bit too high on Texas Tech or whether they're you know, a legitimate top 15 team. Um, you know, outside of that, there's there's not a ton. Um, West Virginia does play in the crossover classic uh, in South Dakota. Um, they have the ability to play Creighton if they can kind of win out. I think Creighton's mo- the most likely to make the championship out of their side of the bracket. In that one. Um, they'll play Memphis or St. Mary's in the second round. Uh, both of those teams, St. Mary's less so than Memphis, but both of those teams have NCAA tournament uh, aspirations. Uh, Memphis is probably a top thirty to thirty-five team in the country, the second best team in in the American. So, um, and then they play Richmond as well, and Richmond is another one that that could have been a top twenty-five team. I know quite a few people had them in their top twenty-five, the best mid-major outside of Gonzaga. So, West Virginia scheduled really well. They kind of got the short end of the stick uh, in the Big East battle. They're playing a Georgetown team that is in Nevada crossroads right now so um that that won't add much and, and the Texas A&M matchup again Texas A&M is probably in the lower half of the SEC but the crossover classic and that game against Richmond uh, are going to be really good for for West Virginia uh, moving forward outside of that I, I just uh, Oklahoma. I don't believe the Florida game for Oklahoma is part of that SEC challenge, right? That's a it is separate not, game. Yeah, that is a yeah. that is a
1: separate game. They have uh, the SEC challenge game is Alabama. Uh, Florida is just a home game outside of that. So that that'll be a really good game.
3: I, I don't know if if they're pu- punching a little bit above their weight. It'll see. It'll we'll have to see how Florida plays first off because I thought Florida was going to be really good last year, and and the way they ran their offense uh, didn't work out that way. So that Florida game could turn out to be really good. It could turn out to be pretty mediocre. Um, for an Oklahoma t- team that needs kind of everything to go their way, they're going to be right there on the bubble um, at the end of the season, most likely. So um, so that, I mean, that's, that's where it is. The Wichita State games probably aren't going to be all that great. Um, yeah. I know Oklahoma State plays Wichita State. Uh, so... There's that. Um, But again, I think a couple of these teams, Texas Tech kind of got the short end of the stick playing St. John's in the Big East battle. Um, A lot of these teams uh, are are playing, you know, either too far above, I guess, for the bottom of the Big 12 or or playing kind of bottom of the tier Big East battle uh, teams. Um, The SEC challenge I think was a lot more in line relative to where they are in the kind of pecking order of their conference this year
1: yeah so running down that list um big big 12 big east i agree there's some strange matchups there but that big 12 sec challenge which has been fun every year since it started now um auburn baylor really interesting kansas kansas tennessee Uh, as you mentioned texas kentucky that's a that should be fun texas tech and lsu is is there any other one in there that you're just like a sneaky good you know we know the best teams in both conferences obviously they do a good job of trying to match them up you know as as close as possible but there are some other those it's those lower matchups you really got to pay attention to if, if one conference wants to beat the other and there's usually an upset on both sides every year like one of the SEC teams are just like how did they win or how did this big 12 team go on the road and, and get that win um, are, there, are there a couple of sneaky matchups in this lineup you see from a pure
3: excitement um, standpoint, my favorite matchup might be Oklahoma State-Arkansas. Um, for the simple fact that you'll get Cade Cunningham against Moses Moody uh, in, essentially, in what is essentially whoever takes over is going to win that game. Um, both are, are going to be really good freshmen. Both of them are going to be the primary options on their respective teams as freshmen. Um, for teams in, in Arkansas's case that that has kind of top 25 ceiling type of talent and and in Oklahoma State's case you know if things pan out for them this this year you might see a delay of their uh their postseason ban so um (laughs) it'll be tough it'll be tough I'll say it this way it'll be tough for the NCAA to keep to keep Oklahoma State out of the uh out of the tournament if Cade Cunningham has you know an unbelievable year because they lost so much money last year um, that if you keep the best player, or most talented player in the country out of the tournament just because you know a different coach in a different athletic department um, were found in violation of, of rules, uh, I think that, that would be uh that would hurt the NCAA more than they would they would want. But that that individual match, just the kind of Moses Moody versus Cade Cunningham, is outside of the Kansas Creighton and Texas, Kentucky, probably my favorite matchup in the SEC challenge.
1: I'm going to try and go to the game. So very, very much, very much would like to be there. Um, so let's wrap wrap up on this. Obviously, the first AP poll of the season came out. Of Gonzaga at one, Baylor at two. Uh, Baylor is the highest ranked Big Twelve team. After that, Kansas at six. Yeah, Texas Tech at fourteen. Texas at nineteen, and West Virginia at fifteen. So Texas Tech fourteen, West Virginia fifteen, Texas at nineteen. So five teams, half the conference, in the top twenty. Uh, as far as I could see, no other Big Twelve team even received. Uh, a single vote in the AP top 25. I'm not shocked by the top five. It's the top five teams. Everybody seems to pretty much have in their list um, based off, you know, talent, uh, coaching in most cases, talent in other cases, once you get past the top two, do you have any argument with, I mean, any of the five teams that made it in or where they, where they ended up? Um, I, I, not that I have an argument
3: against it. I was a bit surprised with how high Texas was. Um, you know, simply because I think, at least for me, the the Shaka Smart factor um, plays into that a little bit. And and uh, Shaka Smart, since since uh, arriving at Texas, has notoriously finished below um, where his where his team should have finished, I guess, given their talent. Um, but the, the Texas team is is a talented team, so it's it's they have top twenty five talent, and they should be in the top twenty five. Um, but I I was expecting. To be more in that 20 to 25 range with with a few more people uh leaving them out. They I think they had 10 people who didn't rank them. Um I expected there to be probably about half. Um the other one that that surprised me is there were three people that didn't rank West Virginia. And this West Virginia team with Miles McBride, Oscar Tashibwe, um they're going to be a top 25 team the entire season. I probably would have flipped West Virginia and Texas Tech. Um I think West Virginia is probably closer to a top 10 team than Texas Tech is. Uh, but given what we have seen from Chris Beard over the last uh, couple of seasons, where he's had the level of talent that he has this year, I don't ha- necessarily have any argument against it. So um, those were the two two most surprising. I think the other one that was really surprising um, was Baylor getting multiple votes outside of the top four. Um, I think the top... Th- is pretty clearly Gonzaga, Baylor, and Villanova. I know there was one first place vote for Virginia and I could see that. They're the best team in the ACC. Um, They are going to have an excellent defense and their offense looks like it's going to improve. Uh, But yeah, just just that, I think people are a little high on the big 10 um, in some cases. And so that might, that might affect it. Um, the, the bottom of the top 25 is filled with, with some borderline big 10 teams. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I, I think th- nothing really surprised me about where they ended up, I think. But when you dig into the numbers, um, it, it tells a little bit of a different story. There's obviously people who are really low on West Virginia, really low on Texas Tech, um, and then lower on Baylor than uh, kind of consensus would say. So, um, but outside of that, as far as the Big 12 goes, I don't think there are any surprises. Uh, the, the bottom five teams in the Big 12 are not top 25 teams. Um, I think Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are definitely uh, tournament caliber teams, but they're kind of those lower, that lower half of the tournament as opposed to the um, the top 25.
1: Yeah uh of note six big 10 teams ranked in the top 25 seven receiving votes which is okay connor you have been awesome man really appreciate you joining us tonight uh look i am a fan of the connor and uh or the hope and ralph podcast you guys do a really good job the big 12 preview is out i suggest everyone go and take some time and check that out uh where can everybody find that podcast and if people just want to give you a follow where can they do so
3: yeah, so you can find the podcast on. Sorry about my dog. You can find the <laughs> podcast on uh, on uh, Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify Podcasts. It's the uh, it's Hope and Ralph presented by Hecht CBB. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Condorian FM. Um, and over the next couple of weeks, uh, I'm going to get more kind of written work out there uh, at HXCBB.com. Um Just been focused on the podcast for the past couple of months, but now that we're two weeks away. and and it, and it looks like the season's actually going to happen. Um, I, I am kind of the West Coast uh, writer for Heat Check Um, so I'll, I'll be getting some Pac-12, uh, WCC, Big West uh, content out there over the next couple of weeks.
1: Thanks to Connor Hope for joining us. Very excited college basketball here just a couple of weeks away. I mean, we're going to have college basketball games. I'm thrilled about it. We're not picking college basketball games this year. I'm not even going to try and deal with that. I wouldn't know the first thing about trying to – Lines in college, college basketball is too. I no, I don't. I don't understand betting basketball. Nothing would scare me more than being like, okay, please bet the score in a basketball game. No, thank you. Not, not gonna. Uh, Daniel, we might talk about this a bit next week. But I, I'm curious. Uh, I assume you do bet basketball. How how would you compare betting college basketball to college football?
2: Uh, just two, absolutely totally different beasts. Um... Funny enough, uh, you know, some of these sports, you'll hear guys who model games and stuff. They say, you know, I don't know a single player. I don't know who's good, who's bad, but I bet this stuff all day long. Um, that's a little bit my approach. That's my to wife. That's
1: yeah. That's March Mendes.
2: And then she destroyed <laughs> the record. Uh, yeah. yeah. I-, I couldn't tell you who's good. I couldn't tell you what players are good. Yeah. Um, it- it's It's a little bit of an easier game there's, there's less variance, right? Football's this crazy game with a funny ball and it bounces in all these ways, but you know, basketball, these lines are pretty sharp. These, these numbers are pretty sharp. They know if these players play in, in 40 minutes, you know, here's the difference between these two teams. Here's the Delta 17.5 points is the difference of how these teams operate on the floor. So, um, you know, I rely on a lot of historicals. Uh, I, I don't make power rankings, For college basketball and uh, anyone who's on the app you go look over my past three or four years and it's like by far one of my best sports so that tells you something about my modeling (laughs) I don't model it and I'm doing well so um hey Daniel you mentioned the app
0: you mentioned the app I wanted you to um you actually mentioned last week too you mentioned it every weekend it's a great resource so I wanted you to plug it a little bit more and uh you know what app are you specifically talking about and uh you know where people can get it and what they look for there.
2: Yeah. Uh, it's the, it's an action network app. I don't work for them. I have nothing to do with them. I use the action networks, bet tracking app. I make my profile public so anybody can see every single bet I'm making across any sport that they're offering. I mean, I'm betting European soccer. I'm betting first half of football games. You know, we're on here and I'm talking about the big 12 stuff. I like, if you go follow me on the app, you're going to pull it up and say, Oh crap, this guy's got 52 plays on a Saturday. Uh, and, and you can see if I win or lose, right? I mean, there's no, there's no like, hey, I'm, a, I'm some winning better, and it's really like I, you know, I'm losing all this money. It's like everything gets put in before the games are played. It's all real lines. It's all real juice I'm paying. Uh, so, you know, you, you get to see it. It's transparent. You get to see what sports I'm doing well in, which ones I'm not doing, how I've done this year, this month, this week. So um, anybody who's hungry for action – and wants to see that, uh, you know, I'm not full of crap, (laughs) you know. Yeah, I mean,
0: that's, I think that's an awesome resource because a lot of, you know, professional pickers, they'll highlight, you know, their, their wins, but minimize their losses, you know, as you would probably expect. So to be able to see full transparency, uh, I I think that's an amazing resource.
2: Oh, it's cool. Hey, you get to see my bad days and I get to celebrate the good days with people too. So Uh, go ahead and follow me on there. I'm DannerB7. On the Action Network app, I got about three hundred and fifty guys trailing me right now, and uh, I'd love to have some more.
1: We'll uh, we'll tweet that out so everybody can kind of find it uh, at our Twitter account at ten twelve podcast te and the number twelve word podcast. for of course, uh, uh, Daniel, where can everybody follow you on Twitter? I know you tweet out your your picks throughout the week. There, yeah,
2: uh, come find my personal, just uh, simple at Danner B seven D A N N E R B seven. Come find me. Shoot me a DM. Uh, we've got a sports forum going of about 150 deep. Uh, it's a big Slack channel that we have. And Guys are talking sports all day long. There's some really sharp guys in there sharing some cool info. So feel free to hit me up and join that.
1: All right. So you guys heard him. Uh, go give him a follow and hop in that Slack chat. And we'll get that Action Network profile out for everybody to check out if you want to. Alright, so let's hop into our picks. Let's start off as we do in chronological order with our Big Twelve games, which means we're gonna start with West Virginia facing TCU in Morgantown, West Virginia open or West Virginia is currently a three point favorite uh over under on this game, is currently at forty five and a half. Opened at forty nine and a half, so it's dropped four full points. Uh Daniel, as our winner from last week, why don't you take this one first?
2: I'm jumping right in. I'm I'm gonna go TCU at the at the best line that you have for me. Um I'm showing the Pinnacle's got a a, a three and a half that's juiced up. I don't know if you can give me that. I'll take the three if you got it. Uh, I'll get you three and a half. Yeah, so uh, actually numbers-wise, I I think the line's pretty on. I don't have any big discrepancies. I think that's a pretty fair line that Vegas has set, so it makes it sort of difficult. Um, I'm relying on, on just a historical spot that I love, and I drop it every few weeks on here and it's just a tried and true all the time conference visitors over key numbers with low totals. I mean, it's just such a great spot to be in West Virginia coming off a tough game against Texas, Uh, a cover, but they, they took a loss and I've got a a very basic historical that I've built conference dogs playing an opponent off a loss with low totals. Uh, It's hitting at almost 64% historically. It's got about a 250 game sample size. I'm not going into all the details there with it, but TCU fits it beautifully. Conference visitor, low total, through that key number on the three and a half. It's a great spot. TCU, give it to me.
1: Um, okay, tell you what, I'll, I'll take this next um, because I'm going to go opposite you. And, and here's why. West Virginia, we know they have a good defense. TCU, we think they have a good defense. They, they do. They have good defensive personnel, but man, they give up big plays. And while West Virginia's offense isn't great, it's really up and down and up and down. And we had a bad performance last week against Texas, whose defense does seem to be playing better and better. They're figuring things out under Chris Ash's system there, uh, and you know, in his first season as the DC. I feel like West Virginia might have a bit of a bounce back game. I feel like Letty Brown is going to have a bit of a bounce back game against this TCU team. And West Virginia is much better at home than they are on the road. They are a much better home team. I like TCU. I'm not going to buy into them too much. I think TCU – I think West Virginia is a better team than TCU. I'm going to take this line at three. That feels right. Like, this doesn't feel like a game where West Virginia blows TCU out by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I do kind of go back to that West Virginia-Kansas State game where West Virginia just dominated a Kansas State team who, you know, yeah, they, they bounced back against Oklahoma State. I don't think West Virginia dominates TCU here, but I just – This game feels about right. This game feels like a game that West Virginia is a better team in at home where they played better with a bounce back game from their offense and a better defense. Statistically, Um, I will take West Virginia. I can get this at three. So I'm going to take West Virginia to cover the three point spread. uh, Side note that over under, like I get it under TCU, West Virginia, two teams whose offense are suspect. I, I get that the over it's, it's too low for me. It's way too low at 45 and a half. Like I, uh-uh. Forty nine, we could talk about it. Forty five and a half, uh, I'm, uh, uh, I don't like it. Um, so yeah, West Virginia by three.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not super excited about either one of these games this weekend, as far as having to pick them because I think, um, they're just very similar. Um, both games are against similar teams and where they're each at the spot in the season. Uh, but Philip, you talk about West Virginia's, uh home record playing better at home, and they do. But TCU is 2-0 against the spread and straight up on the road this season. In fact, their two of their three wins came on the road, and they have knocked off Texas and Austin and Baylor and Waco. Um, but, yeah, West Virginia plays better at home. The Mountaineers haven't even won a road game, so they're totally different team at home. They're 4-0 straight up and against the spread, so something has to give. It's a tough pick do you go with a better defense or do you go with a better quarterback in the big 12? That's typically the better quarterback. And I'm not a believer in Deggy. I think his decision-making is suspect at times. His deep ball is lacking. However, if he stays within the offense and throws the five to 10 yarders, then he puts up numbers because West Virginia's, uh, the, the yak yards make him look better than he is. So I'm sorry to do this to you, Daniel, but I have to give you a loss here and side with, uh, Phil, because you know <laughs> I get to pick who's going to win this. But uh, that said, I'm going to take the top five defense at home. TCU's losses have come against better
2: defenses in the conference. I, I don't disagree with with either breakdown. I actually thought you made a good point about TCU's defensive personnel. Philip, like the players are there, it's just not happening on the field. You know, every Saturday. Um,
1: They just keep giving up big play after big play after big play after big play. And and to teams that haven't been especially explosive on offense, and West Virginia is not, but Letty Brown is perfectly good enough to break off a couple of big runs against TCU. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is is the difference in this game enough that, like, again, West Virginia, to me, wins by maybe a touchdown, maybe six. Three, just, that's fine. I just, I distrust. I agree on the quarterback point, Chris, but I think Letty Brown might be the best player on offense in this game. Mm -hmm. And so to me, that's what gives me an edge for West Virginia as well.
0: Yeah. I I do think that this might be a spot where um, Duggan tries to play a little hero ball against the top five defense on the road. And uh, I don't like that spot for him.
1: Right. So that game, of course, a morning game for those of you who are going to be up watching West Virginia and TCU, I will be up. Uh, and I'll be enjoying a nice hot cup of Lazy Fair coffee, which I think you should be as well. Ethically sourced beans from around the world, roasted right in the heart of Big 12 country, and a, a fantastic sponsor for the Ten Twelve podcast this football season. Look, whatever kind of coffee you're into, and I assume most of you enjoy coffee. Most people do. I know people who don't. That's fine. I'm a big coffee fan. I drink it on the regular, and so I like to make sure that I have a bean that is good. I, I, can, I can drink this will when I have to but sometimes I, I want to really treat myself every Saturday morning is a French press is fresh ground beans is really having a nice cup treat myself before you know I have two kids that are screaming and yelling and, and needing my attention um, I was gonna say you don't have know too what much time you, in the morning no I, I, it's literally you put a pot of water you let it boil you pour it in, you let it sit you pour a cup of coffee it's really just kind of cut things in between the kids my wife and I differ on how long you're supposed to let it sit. I let it sit like she's like, it shouldn't sit more than three minutes, it's gonna burn it. Like you're not gonna drink it anyways. Anyways, that's a terrible wife voice. Um, there is something for absolutely everyone. Uh, if you, here, here's, I love this description. So the Tanzanian delight, which is a really good bean. An African twist on uh, what, what is described as Turkish delight. So if you're a Chronicles of Narnia fan, that's, you know what that is. You've heard of Turkish delight. Now, I don't think most of us have eaten Turkish delight. That's essentially it. It has enough caffeine to keep you away from the White Witch. I, I did not write this one. I didn't. I'm going to read it. I didn't write this one. Chronicles and Ernie reference and coffee. Where else are you going to get that kind of thing? Uh, LazyFairCoffee.com. L-A-Z-Y-F-A-I-R. Coffee. Go in and grab yourself a bag of Tanzanian Delight or a bag of Good Morning Vietnam if you want some uh, black napalm in the morning. Throw them in the cart. Use the promo code 1012. T-E-N-1-2. Get 10% off your order. Whether you're shopping for you, you got family, or a friend that you're shopping for for the holidays, coffee is always a great gift to give. Now is the perfect time. If you live in the DFW area, where the beans are roasted, you can get free delivery. It's a perfect deal for the holidays. So, 10-12, get you 10% off at LazyFairCoffee.com. Go get yourself a bag, and be enjoying a great cup of coffee this weekend. All right, let's hit our other game here for the day since the Big 12 is not taking advantage of a weekend in which basically the SEC is barely playing and now Ohio State and Maryland are off and the Big 12 just has two games to go. Texas Tech, one and a half point favorite over Baylor. Yeah, this game is happening. This is a football game that will occur on Saturday. Sorry to both fan bases. It's not one I'm super excited about. Uh, Chris, why don't you take this one first, bud?
0: Yeah, this is, again, another tough pick because it's neither team's particularly impressive. Baylor's offense has struggled under Brewer this year um, and and they rank above only Kansas in the conference. Uh, However, if there is a game for Charlie Brewer to get back on track and be the quarterback that the three of us believe he could be is this one. The red Raiders are dead last in the conference in total defense. They're giving up over 300 passing yards a game to put that in perspective. That's nearly 50 more yards than Kansas gives up a game, and they're second to last. That's pretty big. Baylor has, they have just one win, but if there's a silver lining, it's that they're keeping most of these games close. They lost uh, by one possession last week at Iowa State. Texas Tech can't really see the same. After putting up 56 points on Texas, but still losing, their offense has been average at best and and not nearly good enough to make up for the trademark of his little defense. In the end, I've learned my lesson. Thank you, Daniel. I give Baylor the edge in this one and uh I haven't given up on Charlie Brewer just yet.
1: Alright, Daniel, what are you feeling? Oh well let's see. Uh I can get you what's the best I can get you. I think one, one and half. a half. One and a half. If you want Baylor's son, I'll give you I'll give you one and a half. Alright Daniel what are you feeling here?
2: So this game, uh, I think it opened as a pick'em in most places. Maybe you got something different, but that's at least Pinnacle opened it as a pick'em. I don't know where the whole world started it. Um, I have this game uh, as Baylor should be favored. You know they're plus one and a half. Uh, obviously, it's well documented now on the pod. I've been high on Baylor all year. Uh, this one surprised me though. If, with that line move, I would have thought it edged more towards Baylor. Let's see, on my full-blown raw numbers here, uh, what do I got, Texas Tech? I would have made this game like Baylor minus two and a half, Baylor minus three, something like that. Um, you know, last week, we you know, jokes aside, how they almost blew that cover, uh, that game should have been closer than it ended up even being at the seven. I think Baylor should have won the game, uh, believe it or not. But uh, Baylor's in this spot. I've got them as should be the favorite. I've got a few historicals on them. I've been high on them all year. I can't quit now. I'm going Baylor one and a half as well.
1: So I get all that for both of you. Um, Let me note a couple of things. First off, linebacker Terrell Bernard is out for the year for Baylor. Uh, So is uh, Squirrel Williams, the running back who was uh, quite good for Baylor against Iowa State. This is is a Baylor team that has had so many – just between COVID and now injuries and players who were going to leave and then didn't leave. And I get it, um, but I don't get it. And I don't, I, like, I don't. I don't. I don't get it. And I still don't like Baylor. And I understand last week, and that's great. Uh, but Chris, as you noted, they are, what, one and four against the spread mm-hmm. at this point? One and four? Uh, or one in, uh
0: yeah, there's there's not really an edge against the spread, um, historical or not historical, but for the season here.
1: Look, I don't like Texas Tech that much this year. I think they're super inconsistent. Um, I think coaching decisions, as we've seen from Matt Wells, kicking a field goal attempt from on second down from your opponent's nineteen with a guy who don't, was like one and four on the season, doesn't seem like a smart coaching move. But you know, I, they don't pay me millions of dollars to make those decisions. All of that is to say. I'm going to take Texas Tech. Uh, I you're I'm betting going. on the
0: coach can, that, that can on second have. down.
1: Um, I can get him at one from Westgate, so that's what I'm going to do. Um, I really looked at the over under. It, it opened at fifty three and a half. It's up to like 57. 57. I can get fifty eight and a half. Um, i I'm going to go with Texas Tech at home by one. I get it. I do. I think this was their leading tacker and their their leading rusher, okay? Terrell Bernard and Squirrel Williams were the, were the leaders up for Baylor. I just think at a certain point, they've already haven't been playing well, that Baylor, the Iowa State game, like, it was those turnovers They just kept catching, getting interceptions. And I, and I get that. Full credit to them for doing it. But, I, like, Iowa State, once Iowa State calmed down and got back to normal, they dominated the rest of that game. They dominated the second half of that game. They had a lot of ground to make up to be able to do so, but they did. I I don't I'm not gonna buy in Baylor I get it I should have known last week they hadn't lost by 14 points all season so we should have seen a a, a non 14 point loss coming but we didn't all that said and because I do want to make a little bit of ground here um, and not just agree with everybody I'm gonna take Texas Tech minus one
0: yeah I mean I'm not saying Baylor's lighting the world on fire or that they're a, even a good team but you know to
1: neither is Texas Tech. <laughs>
2: Yeah, this is this tough. is
1: the Yeah. This is the lesser of two evils. And I'll take the evil at home over the evil on the road. This is essentially what I'm gonna run with here. Uh okay. So let's wrap things up with our with our last pick, our non big twelve picks. Um, I have not gone first yet, so I'm gonna go first here. I uh I picked against North Carolina earlier this season and it bit me. Primarily because they just started putting on points in the fourth quarter when the game was already out of hand. Say lobby. Uh, but right now, North Carolina, and I can get them at 14, and I will, is a 14-point favorite over Wake Forest. North Carolina's been up and down. Everyone pegged them as this potential, see if they could challenge North Carolina. They're not that team this year. They're not. Are they better? Are they continue to improve as Sam Hellen High's quarterback? Yes. But they're not that good. And they're going against a Wake Forest team, a Wake Forest team that... I think when we think of Wake Forest, we don't hold Wake Forest very high. It's not a team you think about in it, football. Typically, it's a basketball school, but they haven't even been that bad, good at basketball for a while, so it's not it's not a big deal. But um, they've been they've been pretty pretty good this season. They're uh, they're one and four against the spread. Wake Forest is, which isn't too bad. Now I know North Carolina's been good at home. They've been covering the spread pretty well at home, and they are going to be at home this weekend. But 14 points is too much. It's just too much. Um, I I wish to goodness I could have gotten this at 17 because that's fantastic. I'm trying to decide, am I going to allow us to use sportsbetting.com? I don't think we're going to use sportsbetting.com. What you, Daniel, opinion. Sportsbetting.com, do you know anything about them? Yeah,
2: um, you know, if, if you hear no one talking about it and you're just trying to find the best you. line you can.
1: No, I won't. That seems, that seems cheating. So um, <laughs> I can get this at at 14 at Bet MGM, so that's what I'm going to do. So I will take uh, Wake Forest to cover the 14-point spread. Against North Carolina, it's just I think it's too much. It's too much for me. Daniel, where are you going here?
2: Okay, there's a couple of games I really like this week. Um, I think ultimately this is this is a pretty chalky play here, but you know I really like it. The more I look at it, Marshall twenty three and a half is currently available. Uh, they're at home. Uh, they're hosted Middle Tennessee State. This is a very bad matchup for Middle Tennessee State. Um, A lot of times when I'm capping and I'm capping sort of, you know, larger spreads, when I say larger spread, right, that's, you could argue that's an arbitrary number. But I'm talking, you know, when a team sort of has to win by 10 or more, 12 or more, uh, uh, sort of like the other week when we had Cincinnati versus Houston. When you have teams that have to cover larger spreads, you really want to then look at the matchup, right? Like that week that we had Cincinnati versus Houston, it was a bad matchup for Houston. It's going to be hard for them once down to make up the ground. Marshall and middle Tennessee state. That's a little bit of a similar situation here. Uh, look, Marshall played UMass or something last week. So I'm not going to go too crazy, you know, weighing their offensive performance, but. Uh, Marshall's one of the most consistent offensive teams in all of college football, regardless of who you're playing. Uh, middle Tennessee state, on the other hand, uh, D- defensively, they're well below average. Just, just even when you're modeling them against sort of the average team on the field, Middle Tennessee, Middle Tennessee State falls well below that average threshold. So we have a situation where I don't think Marshall is going to have a lot of problems scoring this game uh, if they come in focused or ready to play. So on the flip side of that, Middle Tennessee State's going to be playing catch up the whole time. Uh, Marshall has a very good defense, I, in my opinion. They have an underrated secondary, and so uh middle tennessee state's going to be forced to push the ball going to be forced to just be throwing right into what is an underrated secondary this is a very good spot for marshall and it's a very good spot for marshall to cover this spread when i added to the fact that i make this game around you know marshall 29 marshall 30 i see value in the line i see a bad matchup for middle tennessee state i see a good matchup for marshall as far as scoring is concerned this all adds up to like a 31, 34 point win, uh, uh, for the thundering herd this Saturday. So let's go ahead and book it. Give me Marshall. All
1: right. Marshall minus minus twenty-three and a half. Very nice. Uh, Chris, where are you going this week, buddy? you going to, you going to ride, ride the CC train again.
0: Yeah. I mean, I like coastal Carolina. Uh, they let me down last week by point, uh, I guess point and a half, two points technically, you know, not to get the push, but, um, yeah picking coastal carolina i really do like the eight and a half against troy um but i think it's boring to to stay on that train uh for purposes of the pod so i am actually gonna go to the a c c and join you there philip i uh i'm not big on picking the power five i like to stay in the group of five i just genuinely think there's more value there than' not paid as much attention to um but I like uh, Florida State at NC State. NC State is, they're 5-2 and against the spread and 3-0 and against the spread at home. Florida is 2-8 and against the spread in the last 10 games and 1-2 and against the spread on the road this season. Um, Florida states they're also 0-8-1 against the spread in the last nine games against NC State. Uh, the Wolf Pack, they come into this game following a couple of tough losses to ranked opponents. I get that. But a night game, against a, a weakened opponent uh, is a really good spot to be in to get back into the win column. And, and Coach Norvell announced that, you know, receiver uh, Tamarian, uh, Terry, he left the program mm-hmm. defensive tackle Marvin Wilson is out. And uh, starting lineman Devontae Love-Taylor is done. your so they're not going to be back. I think – the, the amount of injuries that the that Florida State has—they're um, a mess at quarterback. They've started they've thrown out four different guys throughout the season. Um, Jordan Travis seems to be the guy moving forward, but he got banged up last week, had to be pulled. He's probable this week, I get that, but Blackman—he's leaving the program. So if does something does happen uh, again to Travis, he gets banged up, they don't have their most experienced guy to fall back on. I just—I like the situation, uh, NC State. I think the lowest I can get it at is is nine, right? Nine and a half. Uh, the the other one. Where did you see up, it up? At Nine. Uh say it was when I was filling this out. I don't have it up in front of me, so I'll take your word on it.
1: Okay. Yeah, I get. I, I will always give you the best line <laughs> I can get you. So that wraps us up today. We will be back on Monday morning as usual. We'll probably recap the two Big Twelve games. Primarily, we'll be previewing. Two huge matchups in the Big 12 next weekend. We get both Bedlam and Farmageddon. I mean, sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. And next weekend, we're all going to win with those two games on the schedule. Of course, Texas and Kansas.
0: Farmageddon really, so underrated. To,
1: it is. Plus, we get to we get to bring up. Hey guys, remember when Texas lost to Kansas? Jokes for an entire week. That <laughs> like the next week is just the week that gives and gives and gives and gives. So. Make sure and follow us on Twitter at 1012podcast, number 12 the word podcast. Give our Instagram a follow at 1012pod, where we do Instagram lives every Wednesday night and post original content there. Uh, Leave us five stars and a review. Go and follow Daniel DannerB7 on Twitter. Check out his picks for other things outside of just the Big 12, and we'll get his Action Network stuff up, and you can uh, join their cool Slack group. Uh, You can follow Chris. I would suggest you just follow Gauntlet on Twitter. The LG it's G- probably
0: for the best. Uh, I don't tweet a lot on the other
1: account. It's for the best. It's for the best. Uh, everybody enjoy your weekend of football, and we'll talk to you again on Monday.